we belong in the playoffs and running for a championship. Matthews delivers! Bound your chest, Saskatchewan! Robbed by Penny! Dillon's knocks him down with the left! Champions again! Shots gets blown up! PK3 scores! Oh my goodness! Connor McClellan! Robert Church! And oh! Let's get it going. This is the Rush Hour podcast presented by Original 16. I'm your host, Cody Jansen. Follow me on Twitter at Janner on PXP. The team's on Twitter and social media as well at Sask Rush Lax. We're presented by Original 16, the best beer in the game. Absolutely buzzing after that win last Friday. 16-11, the Rush beat the San Diego Seals. And it's a nice bounce back game. After the loss in Calgary, we don't have to dive too much into that. We will, though, with our guests this week. It's my color guy on the broadcast. John Fraser is going to join me on the pod this week. We'll dive into all things against the Seals, Roughnecks, and preview this weekend's game against Vancouver. And, yeah, we are almost at the midway point. So let's hand out some grades and maybe talk about some potential trades we could see over the next few weeks or so. But I want to run it back to last weekend. And we had a big milestone. Rookie of the week, Jake Boudreaux. First hat trick by a rush defender in a win since Champions Cup game number three. Chris Corbeil had that against Rochester. So not bad shoes to follow into. But also... Udro wasn't just scoring in the game. He had three loose balls. He had a blocked shot. I, I can't believe he didn't get a cost turnover. I would have to fully ISO and watch Boudreaux in the game back. But he was all over the place. He was knocking down passes. He was getting in the grill. And, and it's not an easy defensive matchup when you look at the righties that San Diego has. I mean, look at how big Kevin Crowley is. Look at Curtis Dixon's speed and, and what he can do. And then you think of Wes Berg up top as well. They have so many pieces that can burn you. And for a young defender like Boudreaux to go into that matchup and have such a strong game just shows that his ceiling is higher than any of us can think of right now. And then you think about the bounce-back performance by Alex Bouquet. Coming off of a shaky game against Calgary, he stops 36 out of 47 against the best team in the West. I thought this was impressive because the rush held Curtis Dixon, Kevin Crowley, Westberg, and Mac O'Keefe to four goals, six assists. That's 10 points. And if you go back to the previous game, week two, December 9th, yes, it was the loss we don't want to talk about, but those four combined for nine goals, 12 assists, and 21 points. San Diego only scored two more goals in that win versus this loss, but Saskatchewan's defense was able to contain some of those big names to half the point production. And that's where you see success, Saskatchewan have some success here. Again, I get it. Dilks, Rubish, they got knocked out of the game earlier in December. Different look in that fourth quarter. I fully get it. But I'm not in the business of excuses here. Saskatchewan should still be able to close out that game without two of their best defenders. But when you talk about how good some of those young players have been, how good their development has been over the last five, six games, that's where I'm seeing the biggest difference on the floor. And then it comes down to the offense having another strong night. Mark Matthews with six points, Robert Church with five, Ryan Keenan had five assists. They've just been able to get to Frank Shiliato this year. 
16 goals on him on 45 shots. That's a 644 save percentage Frank Shiliano has against the Saskatchewan Rush. We want to talk about having a guy's number? I think that's the case right there. And then you get the production out of the back end, pushing the pace, 15 points, pardon me, 15 assists and seven goals from rush defenders in this game. Uh, Matt Beers with four points, Messenger with four, Jarrett Smith with four, Bobby Kidd the third with three. There was so much top to bottom good from this game. It's almost hard, and I don't envy the coach's position. You got to go back and watch film, and you got to say, what didn't we like? That's tough. I'm sure you can ISO some plays, but let's not forget, the rush allowed two shorties against San Diego, four power play goals. See, you knock that down, and you you watch back on the five-on-five. Well, then you take away the six-on-five that Doby had, which is basically a power play as is. And now that's seven goals. You're looking at four five-on-five goals Saskatchewan allowed. So I'm sure there's little things you can look at here and there, and the coaches are going to do so. But all in all, if you're playing this style of lacrosse, if you're playing at that level every single game, Saskatchewan should be the best team in the West. That's not even should compete. They should be the best team in the West if they played like that night in, night out. But that's enough rambling from me. Let's get to my color commentator on the Rush broadcast all season long. John Fraser joins me on the Rush Hour podcast presented by Original 16. John, what do you think about the San Diego win? Loved it. Um, clearly, obviously. I, I think that this Rush team, and I know everybody talks about what a wagon San Diego is and how dangerous and deep they are, but... Man, are they a matchup nightmare for San Diego? Like, let's face it, in that first game, if Dilks and Rubes don't go down, they're probably 2-0 against the top team in the Western Conference. The other thing that impressed me, and actually one of my guys I curl with on Tuesday nights, he's a, he's a longtime lacrosse coach here in the city, and we were talking a bit, uh, how good Jake Boudreaux looked and how good Bobby Kidd third looked. Like, he actually, he went as far. This is not my words. This is the words of my friend Jay to compare Jake Boudreaux to a young Kyle Rubish. That's how far he went after that game. He watched every little bit of it. I mean, that's that's high praise. Uh, the offense was clicking. I like that Mark's shooting more, too. I think you and I had been talking about that a little bit, like in, in our pregame chatter and kind of during the games. But to see Mark shooting a bit as teams, you know, you can see teams kind of take away, you know, Robert Church or they try to, and that leaves Mark open. Uh, the other thing, too, like I think it was evident when you compare that game to the Calgary game when they didn't have Dan Lintner. He might not get on the score sheet, but man, does he, he is the straw for that offense. Like he does such good, dirty, messy, get in the hard areas work while still having some finish. And yeah, it was just, I, to me, it was the most complete performance they've had, right? Like, so like, Boudreaux's hat trick as well. You mentioned yeah. Rubish. I think of him not as a Chris Corbeil. But let's be honest, that offense kind of reminds me of a young Chris Corbeil, a guy who's not afraid to take it up the floor. And that was the first hat-trick by a rush defender in a win since Chris Corbeil, 2018 Game (laughs) 3 Champions Cup Final. You know all too well about that. Uh, You mentioned the defense as well, though, and you get 15 assists and seven goals from your defenders in that San Diego win. Like, to me, that's the difference maker more than anything any forward did in the game. 
Yes, because you and I had been talking about it, how the keys to the game was to get more transition offense. You know, they need more transition offense. You know, they've got the talent. It's there. It just hasn't happened so far. And like you said, like you had all these guys going like BK3 looked extremely dangerous. I mean, you had everybody look good. Messenger looked good carrying the ball, right? Like that transition offense, it, it, it looked that's the best it's looked at, at, since the 2018 season. I don't think it's a coincidence that this team could be on the verge of being six and two for the first time since you guessed it, the 2018 season and six and three. I knew it. I knew it. I love that you pulled that stat up because you beat me to it. But yeah, six and three. I got to correct <laughs> but you. But I got it. I got it wrong. So I mean, it doesn't. Does it really no, no. That's, hey, that's like that's like eighty-five percent on a test, right? Like that's that's still pretty damn good. Your parents are still pretty happy with you. But I'll run it back all the way back to you know twenty twelve rush in Edmonton. Yes. You know that's what that game kind of reminded me of. You got goaltending. You got offense off the back end, and you had some of those pieces up front that look super deadly with yeah. the ball. I, I loved to the bounce back from Bouquet. He he wasn't good against Calgary. Like I, I, I we are probably the two biggest Alex Bouquet fans, maybe on the internet. We have been really since since camp, since game one. But for him to come from a rough game. And that's what I was wondering. I'm like, he wasn't good against Calgary. How is he going to bounce back? This is really his first go as a starter in the National Lacrosse League. And to see Alex just shrug it off, basically just shrug off a bad performance. I mean, you and I are both goaltenders. You know how hard that can be, right? Like, like it can be hard. Sometimes that, that, that stinker you lay the previous week, previous game is in the back of your head. And to see Bouquet come out in that first quarter and just stand on his head and basically reassert himself, like anybody that was questioning and, and I don't think I think Alex has done obviously more than enough to to prove that he's the number one guy here in Saskatchewan. But you know, amongst some of my group chats and my buddies were going, "Well, do they do they go to Penny?" And I'm I, to see Alex Book bounce back like that. Bouquet bounce back. Try saying that three times fast. Um, <laughs> after the Bouquet bounce back, uh, I I love seeing it. Like you said, it was it was a complete it was an absolute complete performance. And it's everything that that you and I have been talking about that they need to do. Now, it's actually funny. Like we're we're talking about this this great win against San Diego. The fact they should probably be two and zero against San Diego if it wasn't for a couple fluky injuries. But you know who still scares me the most, Cody, is Calgary. You're just thinking of Christian Delvieco, and that's fair. I am, but I, like that I, that their the Rush haven't played game. Calgary good. I mean, in, in two years, essentially. So I really yeah. think that if Saskatchewan plays like how they did against San Diego, if they play like that against Calgary, it's it's a night and day difference, right? I, I think CDB's in their head already. I think that there's a few other factors. Yes, their transition game's scary, but Saskatchewan also knows they weren't great defensively. Can so, we blame the teal turf? Yeah, that's the worst. The worst. <laughs> I, okay, one one more about San Diego though, because you had a different view than me. Obviously, watching at home was that yep. Curtis Dixon was stymied completely in that first half. Zero points. Yeah. For Curtis Dixon against the Saskatchewan, he's got like 150 points in his career against the Rush. So to oh, hold him to zero, he had eight points in that first meeting. It looked like Bouquet had his number. Did it also feel yep. like that from your point of view where you're able to shut down one of the best players in the league and completely shut him down? Yeah, and they and they did it in a way, if you look at the way that they shut down Dixon and the way that they shut down Dane Doby, they got in their heads. 
Like, like we're talking these young guys on that defense. Like, again, I go back to uh, Boudreau, uh, BK3. Uh, they managed to play Dixon and play Dobie as well and just frustrate them. Like, I like Curtis Dixon is not a guy you normally get in his head. Normally he shrugs that off, but he, they got in his head. Bouquet stood strong. Bouquet knew what, what was going on. You know, he, he it was like he was, like, psychic. Right. And, and, you know, you've had those games yet again, I go back to you and me being tendies. You have those games that, you know, you just got a guy and they're so sweet. You, it's almost like you see what he's going to do. You know, where that pucker ball is going to go before it even leaves his, his stick. And those games are just like, and you can get in a guy's head. So I, I like that for future matchups against San Diego. You can go back to the tape and be like, yeah, we shut down Superman. We were, we were kryptonite. Hence, for th- hence. three quarters outside of that second yep. quarter where Doby, I think he scored four in that second quarter. He was, he was lights out in that one. But other than that right. first quarter, second half, the, the rush really got to Dane Doby as well. Austin Stotts, like there was two in that third quarter. I think the Stotts, I believe it might've been on a power play. And then Mac O'Keefe from up top that squeaked through bouquet. Those are the only two you can call them questionable goals. But other than that, yeah. it did seem like Saskatchewan had their number. Y- you also talked about how bouquet hasn't really had the full reins in the NLL. Uh, he obviously hasn't played 18 full games in a season. I think his career high is 13. He also played 12 yeah. back with Buffalo in 2018, where he had six wins that year. So he was six and six back in 2018. He's one win away from that already. We're not even at the halfway point here in Saskatchewan. So you think he's happy about his decision? I think so. I, I, I would say so. And and to go back to the Dixon thing, I was just I'm looking at the stats on my second screen right now. Uh Dixon had eleven shots which led the team. And and Bouquet's like, Yeah, okay. Well, I'm I'm gonna have a game. I'm just, he had I'm his just number. timing you for most letting. He had his number, it was great. So I, I think the big thing with Bouquet is Colorado notwithstanding, I mean, in Colorado, he was backing up Dylan Ward, right? I mean, you're you're typically not going to start again, you know, when you're behind Dylan Ward in his prime, right? But uh, what the big thing for me is is on top of coming to a team where he fits the vibe, like you and I, like I've been around this team for a long time. You've been covering the league for a long team. This rush team, when they're best, has a, a very chill bunch of just a bunch of dudes hanging out vibe, right? And that's when they're at their best. And that wasn't there last year. And you can tell. And, like, you look at Bouquet, like, with the incident going viral, with him dropping the F-bomb on TSN, which was hilarious. I loved it. Just, like, like the powder blue suits, like, the fashion sense. Like, he just very much fits in with the guys. And you tell the guys believe in him. And the other thing, too, is I don't know, like, like those Buffalo teams that, that he played for, they were very offense-heavy. Like, you know, they were happy to beat you 15-14, right? I don't know if Bouquet's ever had a chance to play behind this level of defense since really since his junior days, right? So I think it's a combination. I think it's a combination of both. I think, of course, he's happy with this decision as he he knew he would be. It's a small community. These guys know they come in, you get to you get to work with this 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 rush team and just this great environment and this chill environment that fits his personality. And it was I I, I I knew when they signed him, it was going to work out. I didn't think it would work out this well. Like, I, I'm like, okay, great. We got 1A, 1B. You and I talked about this way back at training camp. And now it's like, oh, great. Now we have this season, I'd say top three, a top three goaltender in the NLL. Like, I think outside, of, like, realistically, CDB, Ward's been a little down this year. 
Yeah, I, I, I think Nick Rose and CDB are definitely the one-two, and that third oh, a little bit of a toss-up where, uh, again, especially if you go off of that San Diego game, there's no reason Alex Bouquet isn't in that top three conversation. But, John, looking forward to this weekend against Vancouver. Yes. Yes. Does this yes. feel like a little bit of a trap game? I mean, they're 7-1 against the Vancouver Warriors all-time, 3-0 at the Tell Center against the Warriors, and they've won nine of their last ten home games. I, I, It's got that. It does have that trap, trap game, especially, too. They didn't play Vancouver well to start when they were in Vancouver, right? Like, that was a – it was a sloppy game. It was guys were missing passes. It wasn't – it wasn't crisp. It wasn't the good rush, if you will. Uh, it's got the makings of a trap game, but I think what's going to nip that in the bud a little bit, I think there's a lot of pride for these guys to represent on Pride Night, right? Like, you've got all the BS that's going around. You've got a small but loud and annoying, like a mosquito in your bedroom on a summer night minority in this city that has caused a stir about this, and... I, I think knowing the guys, they're going to want to show up. They're going to want to put in a good performance and they're going to want to represent on what's going to be a good night for the club, right? Like I, I love the fact that the club uh, has, and they did the same thing with the blades. They listened to all the noise. They called out all the noise. They ignored the noise and put on a, they've put on great pride nights for the blades. I'm glad to see them doing it with the rush. And I think the players are, are going to step up. Is there, is there a chance? I actually, uh, the only thing I could see is if you get Aaron Bold in there and he stands on his head. Because, because, because I mean, Bold knows these guys, right? And I've seen him play good against them. I, I know he's getting he up there. He had a 698 and... save percentage last year. He's got like a 717 this year. Uh, I'm not, I'm not saying like, okay, Bold can't have a great game because obviously anyone can stand on their head. But we also, well, I'm not breaking any news by saying he's passed his NLL prime here. No, no, but but I'm thinking like if like I'm just thinking what it'll take for Vancouver to win because I mean they've they they're basically in unload mode. You're right; it's a trap game. It's a classic trap game that I, I don't think that the Rush are going to look past. Right? I I think after that stinker in Calgary, I think you can now say, guys, you can't. You have to bring it every single night, and that's the NLL. I'm just thinking of ways like bold. Throw the numbers away. He plays good against the rush. He hasn't seen him a lot, but since they moved on from him, he had a couple good games against the rush. And, you know, Brett Mitski always, you know, I mean, Brett made the decision to, to go home. He was a key part of this, right? Like, and that, that's that. I'm just looking at ways that maybe it could happen, right? But I really hope that the rush come out and if they play like they did against San Diego, like this one's going to be, you and I are going to have some fun mostly because. We don't have to answer to the TSN overlords. We're strictly on the Rush app. So a uh, little bit of lacrosse after dark, if you know what I'm saying. Oh, it's going to be a blast, 100%. Hey, another guy who I was happy to see step up of recent has been Holden Garland. Yes. And I felt like he had a strong start, like that first game against Colorado. He just couldn't do anything wrong. Then it was that start, that little bit of a midseason, like I, I don't know if there was something going on or what, but I felt yeah. like he took a little bit of a dip. But as of recent, he's really stepped up his game. And for Saskatchewan to dominate Vancouver, you have to shut down their righties and Keegan Ball, Kyle Killen, and Sean Evans. And that's when you're going to lean on your guys like Holden Garland, Connor McClellan, yeah. Jake Boudreaux who I feel like have elevated their game since, you know, the beginning of the season. 
You know, you know what it is. You know what the key is, Cody? It's he's <laughs> been great. He's been great since I interviewed him for the pregame show. Ah, oh, there you go. Since him it's, and it's I, a, it's a phrase bump. That's right. It's it's the opposite. See, the Fraser curse is when I'm not involved with the broadcast and I pick somebody or talk about somebody doing well. When I'm involved with the broadcast, it does end up being better. So had I, you know, still been retired and been on social media and been like, wow, old Garland playing great. Guy probably would have exploded his leg or something. Uh, but now that I got to interview him, that's what it is. But but you're you're bang on with that assessment. Like it's just like I, I was looking too. I was looking at my spot charts. I was working on this during my real job. Um, sorry, ends Toyota staff. Um, <laughs> it was our cutoff yesterday, and I'm sitting there working on game notes. Um, so I still can't believe the youth on this team. Like, like, like I, I, I look and yeah, okay. There's your veteran guys that have been here basically forever, but Garland's another one of those guys. He's young, you know. He's he's got some experience. He's really coming to his own. Like that defense core is so young, and it's been so good. And watching them grow, like. It's just been it's it's been outside. It's like they're growing up before our eyes. It's like my kids here, Cody. Hey, trade deadline is a few weeks away, March twentieth. I, I know we've still got a few more games until then. I still know there's some more to shake down. What do you see Derek Keenan and company doing here for this rush team? Oh boy. I think I, I think it really is going to come down simply to injuries. Um, I don't know if you see them make a big move, right? Like, I, I, I can't, I can't think of a spot that this team, like, this team's problem has not been skill; it's been consistency, right? There's nights the O is going, and maybe the D reverse transition isn't, you know, isn't that great, right? Um, there's games that, you know, like we said, the Calgary game bouquet wasn't good; the reverse transition was terrible, right? And the problem is, this team right now, you have the balance of youth and experience, right? So let's say you bring in a veteran defender, right? I, I don't know who they'd go out and get, but you bring in a veteran defender. Well, who who do you scratch? Who do you scratch? You know, you've got these young guys that are playing well. You can't put Garland on the bench. You can't put McClelland on the bench. You can't put BK3. You can't put like, like it's just, it's it's such a tricky spot to be in with this, with this youth and experience thing. And then you look up front and... The, you don't want to disrupt that chemistry, right? Like, do you like? I look at a guy like Marty Dinsdale that, you know, we all thought that, you know, Marty was past his prime a little bit before he signed, and then he comes in and he just he just gels with this offense because he's been there before, right? Like, do you want to disrupt that? Like, Marty's a guy that they wanted to bring in, so okay, so you bring in another veteran guy now. Is Marshall Paul seeing the floor left less? Like that guy's like. <laughs> He's forgotten more about lacrosse than I've ever known. Like the guy's just so talented and so young. So like, it's it's tricky like, to me. Like, what do you do? What do you, you bring in a veteran piece? Somebody has to sit. And I'm of the belief that if this team could find consistency, I don't know if you have to make a lot of tweaks. Like like even you look in goal, Eric Penny is a great backup. Like teams would love to have the luxury of an Eric Penny in case you know a, a bouquet can't can't step up. Right? Like I. I don't know what you do. Uh, it's an, and, and knowing Derek Keenan, the way he's done it, he'll find some way to end the day with exactly what the team needs and three first-round draft picks somehow. Because that's, well, that's, that's what he does that's every a year. crazy part, too. They've got two first-rounders next year and four second-round picks <laughs> next year. Like, again, they have, a, for them. they have that's a plethora of picks. And, and so then it goes down to, hey, you, you can really hold some cards at the table here this year. 
if you do want to add, but then it comes down to who do you subtract? And, and I think the biggest addition on the back end is going to be the addition of Ryan Barnable getting healthy. Right. I, I think right. right there you get the lefty. And, and it's not that Jeremy Searle or Isaac Andrew haven't been good or done the job for Saskatchewan, but you're getting a first-round draft pick, an elite-level guy who's done nothing but win at RIT, and he knows how to play against men. I mean, he got that experience in Brooklyn. Like, there's... There's a huge addition right there if you get a healthy Ryan Barnable. And from the sounds of it, he's not too far away, and he, he's feeling great. So I'd say I think that's a positive to hear when you think about what you need before the trade deadline. As far as it's concerned for forwards, the, the names that keep getting kicked around, I, I mean, Keegan Ball, that's a righty on offense. So then who do you swap yeah. out, right? Like, can you afford to get rid of a, a Dinsdale or Lintner and lose that chemistry that you've just built. Like, do, do you want to put and, Austin Madronica like, on the practice roster for the rest of the year? Like you, you want these guys to get experience, but you also have to win from a team side, right? There's nothing more than the Saskatchewan rush want than to win a championship. Right. That, right. That's Absolutely. the end goal end of the season, but you still have to build for the future. These guys aren't always going to be around. Nope. So it's really walking that fine line. I know I had a bunch of fans. <laughs> we had three people on the post game show last weekend say like, wouldn't Zach Greer look great back in green again? And Hey, I, I love Greer. I, I think he was great against Saskatchewan. He's here for Vegas. And I think that's what a lot of people are thinking. But from your lefty position, you're not going to go with the lefty strong nope. offense because you want the ball in Mark and Ryan's stick. I think that's fair. And you probably don't want to be scratching Palace, you know, come playoff time because you want him nope. to get that experience as well. So it's and a very fine – It's a, yeah, it's a very fine line you have to walk. But that's why we do have three games here where we can see who can you potentially bump down – if the right trade becomes available, I have one name, and Do we're it. talking about for, we're talking about former Rush guys coming back. We talked about he's been a thorn in the side since going to Vancouver. He's a West Coast guy, which does make it a lot easier to play in Saskatoon. Do you bring back Brett Minsky? I don't know. That's but to I, me, to me, that's 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 a fit, right? So same thing. We talk about youth versus experience, but you go out and you get you get a Minsky. Just add some depth, right? Like, like, like you said, we're get, guys are getting healthy. You know, I think maybe there's some more flexibility to move some young guys to the PR on defense. You can work them in and out. Like, there's just there's a few more spots there. But I don't but why know why you I, need another righty. You are if you're righties, you've got Kyle Rubish, you've got Ryan Dilks, you've got Matt Beers, you've got Jarrett Smith, you've got Bobby Kidd the third. Mallory's been effective when healthy. I'm probably forgetting someone because a messenger <laughs> messenger comes out the back gate. Like you've yeah. got right there. I will say that is six is great. Too good of a word. Like Jared Smith's been great this year. Bobby oh, King the third's been so damn good. Like so good. Mike Messenger is elite, and and the other three, their resume speaks for themselves. They're freaking phenomenal. And so if you're looking at a D man, you're probably looking at a lefty. So. I don't know. And then even even the lefties, it's who do you move on from if you do bring someone else in? Like, right. 
I, I don't you know. You could you could speculate on everyone. I think I, again. Hey, I love Mitski too. I think he's actually just yeah. a, just a phenomenal human being. Travel yeah. everything with the rush would make sense. But I think your biggest concern does have to be offense because your worst loss this season came against Calgary, where the offense scored six goals. So that's well, that's, that's I mean concern number one. Yeah. No. And 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 I agree with you. But it's it's such a. It's such a fine line. It's such a tricky thing. Like going back to, you know, you take Dinsdale out. Okay, you lose the chemistry with 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 Mark and 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 Bobby, right? You take yeah. out you take out Dan Littner. And again, like he's like watch Dan Littner when he doesn't have the ball. And that's kind of I guess what I'm kind of paid to do while you're talking about the game. I guess I should watch some stuff, but Dan Lintner is just a thorn in everybody's side right like he doesn't it doesn't always reflect in the score sheet but rush fans listening to this next game when when you're watching against vancouver and dan watch what dan lintner does he is just mean like like he's like one of the nicest goofiest guys you'll meet but like it's the same like he's almost like the cal rubish of the offense that nicest guy in the world you don't want to go anywhere near him on the floor right and so you take that out and and i to me that game against calgary was a big part they didn't have Dan Lettner they didn't have him getting dirty and making messes and chirping guys and doing those things that he does right so you take that out you know okay maybe you replace him with a guy like a ball who's more dynamic but who's gonna get dirty you gotta have somebody getting dirty that's 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 part of the game right I fully agree, John. Hey, that was a great conversation about trade deadline as well. We will get more into it on the next Rush Hour podcast. We're going to have our mid-season report card. Derek Keenan, Jimmy Quinlan will join the pod. But hey, we got the game this weekend. Join myself, Ooh, yeah. Phrase, Sabine on the call. 7 o'clock start time. It's an early one. Half an hour yeah. earlier makes the world of a difference, right? It, it, it's like a, <laughs> it's a basically afternoon game. game exactly it's it's this is easy I, I i might fall asleep before three after i've had my two red bulls and again lacrosse after dark it's gonna be fun with uh, you and me on the rush app it always is john we'll see you this weekend see you see you friday buddy and I did forget to mention a couple of congratulations are in order after that San Diego game. Mark Matthews now over 900 career regular season points. Ryan Keenan surpassed the 200 career assist mark as well. So a couple of big marks right there. You got to give props to Keenan and Matthews who have been solid for the team this season. I think of the pace that Ryan Keenan's on. He could be having a career year here. And he doesn't get the recognition night in, night out as the big guns. But I think if he keeps this up for 18 games, we're looking back and totally just undermining the fact of how good some of this depth scoring has been for Saskatchewan this season, which is the reason they didn't get into the playoffs last year. But looking ahead to this weekend, I I know you can consider it a trap game. I know John and I broke it down as that. But a big difference factor is going to be who's Vancouver got between the pipes. Because Aiden Walsh was really good for Vancouver for 45 minutes. But in the fourth quarter, things fell apart. And it's not like he's fully to blame. But Vancouver certainly wasn't getting that safe. So now you consider their backup turned starter is Aaron Bold right now. Unless something changes in the next 48 hours, Aaron Bold's going to get the start at Sastel Center. Bold obviously won a couple of championships in Saskatchewan, but since that 2016 season, and this isn't to dunk on him, 
He's a great NLL, NLL goaltender. He has a 748 save percentage. Since the 2016 NLL Championship, Aaron Bold has a 748 save percentage. So I, I fully understand the nostalgia of playing a guy like that. I, I fully get that there is a factor. He's going to be more motivated than ever to beat a Saskatchewan Rush team. But the upper hand is in Saskatchewan's favor here. Now it comes down to executing. Now it comes down to going on a run. Their schedule's tough. There's no denying that. Vancouver this weekend, Panther City next, San Diego after that, Calgary after that. But this is still a massive stretch for the Saskatchewan Rush where we said a few games ago, if they can win four or five out of the next six, this is going to be a team at the deadline that likely adds a piece or two and says, we're still in our window to compete for a championship Let's go. But if you all of a sudden fumble the bag against Vancouver, I think you're looking in the room, you're looking into your gut and saying, what's on, What's going on? Something ain't right here. So execution is going to be key. And I think that it is a game that's maybe a little more amplified than others because you've got that Western rivalry, because you're playing Brett Mitski, Aaron Bolt for the Warriors, they're playing Alex Bouquet, Marty Dinsdale, Matt Beers. There's a lot of bloodlines being connected here between these two teams. And anytime the Golden Green step on the floor, we saw it at the end of last season. They put on an absolute spectacle at the Town Center. The Warriors got some ballers. And I'm not just talking about Keegan Paul. It will be interesting in one storyline, if I can leave it at this. If you remember in Rogers Arena, end of that game, Sean Evans takes a cheap shot on Bobby Kidd III. Ryan Dilks has to step up. Words are exchanged. A couple of punches. Nothing major, but Sean Evans gets the boot from that game. And then last week in Calgary, Sean Evans, very similar situation. Late, starts causing some drama. I get that's the veteran. I get that's the style. And I'm not saying retribution's always needed. But I wonder if there's a a little bit of an extra physical tone on number 15 come Saturday night. Because I feel the way Saskatchewan plays, you're not taking any prisoners here. You're still at it to win. And there's still a line that doesn't get crossed. And I think the cheap shots are a lot more deserving of some of that extracurricular activity, of that extra cross-check, extra slash, what be it, than a late goal when you forget to play defense and give a rookie his breakaway. So I'll leave it at that. Hey, Rush Nation, it's always been a blast. Connect with me on Twitter at Jander on PXP. Don't forget... The game this weekend, 7 o'clock start time at the Sastel Center. Yes, you can watch it on TSN, but if you want to be interactive, well, you got myself, John, and Sabine with you all game long. We love taking your questions on the Rush app. We, we love just interacting with Rush Nation. Hey, we got some smart fans. We got some passionate fans. Nothing else compares in the NLL to Rush Nation. Nothing. Nothing else compares to that. So, hey, if you want to get at me anytime on Twitter at Janner on PXP, we always appreciate the support. Don't forget, go support Original 16 as well. If you want the best odds, playnow.com, legal betting in Saskatchewan, sports betting on the rush all season long. Everything is up to date there. Until next time, Rush Nation, be kind, be better.